and welcome to Improbable Things. I'm Jay Grace Pennington, and this is my podcast where I share six improbable things before breakfast, which are six things about reading, writing, or sometimes about science fiction. So I have my six themes lined up, and let's get started. Before I actually get started, I'm going to add in a little seventh bonus thing, which is that I found out this past week that my younger brothers have been listening to this podcast, and that just made me so happy because I love them so much. They live far away. I don't get to spend a ton of time with them, and so just knowing that they are participating in this with me was just completely made my day, and I want to give a special shout out to my brother Adam, who is just like the biggest fan of my writing and um, apparently really loves the podcast and has been spreading the word about it. So love you, Adam. Thank you so much for listening. So now getting into my uh, regular six things. Number one, I wanted to share a little bit more about how Firmament Humanoid is going. I have been working consistently on it even though I'm definitely still in a slump with it. And you may be able to tell from my voice, I had a little bit of a cold this past week. Nothing too crazy, but still, you know how that just kind of muddles your head. (laughs) You don't want to do much of anything, but I did keep up with my word count. So I did break 20,000 words on it. Um, I'm approximately around 23,000 now, which is good progress. Like that should be more than a third of the way through in theory. Um... But yeah, definitely kind of still in that slump. Even though I got to some pretty exciting parts, I'm just not really feeling it. (laughs) But that's especially when you have to push through and uh, just keep going. My view has always been that writer's block does not exist. You just keep putting words down, even if they're about the worst words that have ever been written. Just keep putting putting words down and you can always push past it. (laughs) Number two, the thing that I have been able to stay excited about as I'm writing is the characters and their relationships, which really is just the heart of all of my writing. It's also at the heart of all my favorite books. Like that's what I care about in stories and in writing is the people and just their thoughts and emotions and especially their relationships with each other. Like that's what always gets me excited. When I come up with a new idea, it's exploring those kinds of things. That makes me really want to do it. And there was a moment that really reminded me of that because of course in this series, I've been at it for so long now and I really do care about these characters as friends and I want to, you know, spend this time with them and I want to see their growth and see their relationships develop and all of that. And so that really does keep me going. And there was, again, just a little moment that reminded me of that in my writing yesterday where um, a few very small spoilers that shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be too bad, just maybe intrigue you a little bit. Um, some of the crew, including Andy and the captain, were on this planet where the weather tends to change very rapidly and have very dramatic swings. And so it would, you know, it'd be really hot one moment and then suddenly like this wind would pick up and it'd be super cold. So they're just trying to like, you know, do what they've come there to do. And they're trying to figure all these things out, you know, all this stuff is going on. And in the middle of it, at one point, Andy was kind of standing by herself, just like wrapping her arms around herself really cold um, in the middle of one of these cold spells. And even though there's all this other stuff going on, the captain's trying to like give orders and like sort all this stuff out. He kind of beckons over to Andy um, has her come over to him and then just like puts his arm around her and holds her close to him to keep her warm because he's such like a sort of second father figure to her. 
and and she was just able to kind of like have a little warmth and a little shelter from the wind up against him while he was you know giving his orders and when she thanked him later he was like well I was just doing what your dad would have done if he was here <laughs> um since the doctor wasn't on that mission and it was just that moment to me was just really sweet and it was really what I love in this series is that the people on the ship they really are a family and Andy really is surrounded by even though her own biological family history is more than a little complicated and she's had a lot of rejection you know from her family she has this not only her father and her brother you know her sort of immediate family but she has all of this extended family around her that's just been there for her for most of her life and that is what really draws me in and so I really try to find moments like those where that can really shine and hopefully the the readers can connect with it but even just for me it just keeps me going because I remember how much I love these people and how much you know I want to get them through all these things that are happening to them so number three um, especially since I've been hitting this slump, I've just been like, well, I really need my inspiration right now, you know, more than ever. Um, and so not only things like that, but just my other, of course, it's no secret that a huge inspiration for this series is Star Trek. And I haven't watched any Star Trek for a while um, because I finished up most of the series a while back. I'm supposed to be watching Enterprise, but it's kind of boring to me, so I haven't finished it. But it's just been a while since I revisited any of the older series, and I was just like, you know what? I really need that right now. I really need to like get excited about the same things that excite me about Firmament are the things that excite me about Star Trek, which is the characters and relationships, but also just the the ways that you can kind of come up with new things and explore all these different ideas and you know have all this mystery it's just like all the same things that I love about one I mean that's why I created Firmament because I love all those things and so I was just like I need to watch some Star Trek <laughs> so I sat down last night and um went into the original series again um just kind of picked up at some point because oh I started re-watching it when my baby was born and I only I got maybe like seven or eight episodes in and I was like well I really don't really want to rewatch those Again, so I just picked up right after that and watched an episode called The Dagger of the Mind. And oh my goodness, <laughs> every time I watch it, I'm like, this is so much cornier than I even remembered and yet so much better. Like, I just am smiling the whole time I'm watching it and yet like definitely cringing <laughs> because it's just so corny. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to hope that Firmament is not quite, quite as corny as that, although I know it is a little bit because I honestly just kind of do enjoy that to a certain extent but it's just so good like it's it's all the same things like I said that I love and so I hope that it'll kind of get my writing fired up again um, but regardless I'm just enjoying it I might just go all the way through I might just start original series go through the movies go through next generation etc because I just love it um, and it can be kind of like written off as you know writing related like I have to do it for my inspiration so clearly <clears throat> that's how I should frame it <laughs> so anyway number four I wanted to talk a little bit about reading in general because a lot of people have asked me how I read so much <laughs> because I have a pretty full life I have three little kids three and under and obviously they keep me pretty busy and so and yet I'm able to read so much each year 
and I'm hoping to read even more this year, although my ultimate goal is still a little secret um, just between me and my Goodreads uh, <laughs> goal. But I wanted to share a little bit about how I do that. And the thing is, everyone's so different when it comes to reading habits. Like, for instance, one way that I do read so much is I do a lot of audiobooks. And I know there's some people that just don't enjoy audiobooks or can't get into them or can't focus on them. So obviously that doesn't work for everyone. Um, but it does work for me. I probably do about half and half audiobooks in, you know, hardcover or hard copy, you know, paper books. And so <clears throat> that helps a lot. But even with that, I can't do as much of that as I used to be able to because if my kids are awake you know I could probably listen to about like one sentence if even before somebody's either coming to ask me something or somebody's like screaming at someone else or, or falling and hurting themselves and needing a kiss or whatever so it just it doesn't work for me really to listen to it anything for most of the day but one thing I have found is like um, with both kinds of reading, but just focusing on audiobooks for now is just taking those tiny amounts of time. Like sometimes I'll be like, okay, you know, I only have, you know, 10 minutes while I'm washing the dishes once the girls have gone to bed. And then after that, I have to do something else, but I can listen for those 10 minutes, you know, it's still making progress. And I'm always surprised how much progress I can make by just snatching up those small moments of time. So I do prioritize a lot of audiobooks, but then I kind of have the same outlook with reading, you know, real books or just the paper books as well, traditional books. And that is that a little is better than none. And I used to for, there were a few years there where I didn't read much at all. And it was partly because I had gotten into this mindset of like, okay, if I don't have time to sit down and read for, you know, an hour or whatever, then I don't have time to do it. And that's just not true. Like, again, you can read for 10 minutes here or there. And a lot of times, honestly, I just read a, a chapter or two a day. And of course, chapter length can vary widely from book to book. But um, one way that I found that helps me do that, because another problem is that when I read, I do get distracted because I'm, I'm very fidgety. And so uh, my mind will tend to wander and it helps if I can do something with my hands. And so honestly, I found I have like a yogurt shake that I make in the blender with um, stevia and cocoa powder and all this good stuff. And so every afternoon when the girls are taking naps and having their quiet time, I make my shake. And I, so I have this like big cup full of, you know, my, my nice drink and I have my straw and I settle down with whatever book I'm reading and I just start drinking and reading. And it just like helps occupy my hands and helps my mind from wandering quite as much. So I can really sit down and focus. And usually I just read until I'm finished drinking. And that usually does last me like a chapter or two, depending on the book. And sometimes if I'm really feeling able to focus or if I don't have something else I need to get to right after that, I will read longer. <laughs> um, but a lot of times that's all the reading I do in a day. Um, and it does help that I am a very fast reader. But even so, I'm like, I'm making progress every day on reading all the books that I want to read. And so, again, I just have to try this the same mindset with my writing, with everything. All of my goals is that a little is better than none. So I definitely encourage whatever you can do. If, if reading is a goal of yours to get a little bit of it in each day, then you're making progress. And that's a win in my book. And so number five onto my currently reading. So the audiobook I'm listening to right now is a Harlan Coben audiobook. It's called Home. I'm, let's see, I'm going to say I'm probably like two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through right now. Um, and I, I don't remember if I've talked about Harlan Coben books on 
this podcast before, but uh, my mom really enjoys them. And so sometimes I'll read hers when she's finished with them or whatever. And so I've been listening to this one and I generally don't really enjoy them, which is, I've only read a few. Um, but I, I, the weird thing is I wouldn't say they're my favorite partly because I always finish them and I'm kind of like let down by the ending and I'm just kind of like, why did I spend my time reading that? But he is such a skilled writer in how he really draws you in. Like I'll be like pulled into the story, whatever it is. And no matter how little I feel like I care about it for the whole time, like super, just super like pulled into it the whole time. And I not only enjoy that, but I am fascinated by it as a writer and and I would love to be able to do that. So I hope, I always hope I can learn from him and his skill. So I'm reading that. So far, it seems about like the rest. Like, I obviously don't agree with, you know, the morality, but the writing's really good. And, you know, um, so we'll see when I get to the ending if I have the same reaction I have to all of those other books that I've read. So number six, kind of to um, expand on that a little bit. Um, I, I mentioned that in Harlan Coben's books, I tend to find the endings just a bit of a letdown. And so I've been thinking about satisfying endings and how to do that, because obviously that's a huge concern for me as a writer. There's not much that's uh, more of a bummer than to get to the end of a book, especially if you've really been enjoying it and just kind of like feel disappointed in the ending and unsatisfied. And it really kind of ruins the whole book for you. And so endings are hard though. Like I've heard a lot of advice that is really good, but really hard to do. Um, like, uh, one, one piece of advice that I've always heard is what you have to do with an ending is you have to give people what they expect, but not how they expect it. Because if you're not giving people what they expect, then of course they're going to be disappointed. But if you give them it exactly the way they were expecting, then they're going to feel, you know, disappointed because there was no surprises and they saw it coming and you want to be surprised by a book. And yet you can't, you still have to be satisfied in your expectations even if you didn't fully realize what those expectations were you still have them somewhere and you're still going to be disappointed if they aren't met in some way and yet it has to be in a creative way that they can't see coming so that's obviously very difficult and um one way one really good example that i heard taught is in lord of the rings and if you haven't read or seen lord of the rings i'm really sorry because this is obviously a huge spoiler but in uh, lord of the rings obviously the entire saga is about having the ring of power be destroyed so that's what everyone is wanting to see happen at the end and if that didn't happen i have to say that would be like probably the hugest bummer ever because you've just read for hundreds and thousands of pages uh, only to be disappointed at the very end and that would just be pretty awful so obviously the ring does get destroyed but I think what you kind of do have in mind the whole time is that Frodo is going to like get to Mount Doom take the ring throw it in the fire and just have victory and if that happened I do think you'd have a moment of letdown where you go like oh like it just feels too easy despite everything that's come before it you need some kind of like big showdown and build up at the very end and so instead of uh, Frodo just throwing it, what you have is uh, a fight, you know, he decides not to throw it in and then you have a fight with Gollum who bites his finger off and falls into the, you know, burning lava below with the ring. And so it, it kind of gives you this thing at the end where you're like, oh, like you didn't see it coming, even though ultimately you did see it coming. Like it's, it's, it's hard for sure. Very hard. And another thing that I've thought a lot about is that you 
don't, even though you can't be predictable, you can't be so unpredictable that you undermine the rest of the book. And I have found that with some of the Harlan Coben, I feel like, where, for instance, one of the one of the stories, almost the whole thing was about secrets and how secrets would like destroy you and destroy your family and like cause all this damage. Like that was felt like the message of the whole book. And then you come to the very end and you are it's like, oh, this person killed this other person and you know, him and the police detective are going to just like keep it a secret and not tell anybody. I'm like, well, then why did you just spend all this time telling me that keeping secrets is so damaging? And then yet they come to the end and just keep doing it and you just start this new like secret that if it ever came out would completely destroy this person's life. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I just get that feeling like, why did I just, you know, sit through that? (laughs) And I've thought the same about some of, um, even though I love Christopher Nolan's films, some of them tend to do that a little bit too. Like, um, he gives these big twist endings, which are fun, but sometimes you just feel a little bit, it just feels a little bit empty because you're like, well, if you're just going to undermine everything you were saying the whole rest of the movie, then why did I watch it? <laughs> and, um, I've, I've written a blog post about this comparing Nolan to M. Night Shyamalan, who also is known for major twists. And yet I feel that his twists actually support the message of his movies in general in the ones I've seen and so that they're strengthening it rather than weakening it. And so you walk away going, oh, wow. And you, you know, makes you think. And instead of just making you kind of be like, what, what was, what, so what am I supposed to take from this? <laughs> like you don't want to walk away feeling confused. Like you can feel intrigued and it's great to create, you know, a conversation piece out of your book or movie. But you don't want people to like kind of leave scratching their heads being like, what did I just watch? Like there's definitely a fine line where it can get too unpredictable, but uh, there's just not a clear cut and dried answer as to what that line is. And so that's why it's really difficult. And of course, I try to walk that line as well, where sometimes I will get to the end and realize that the outline I've written is just too predictable and I have to find some way to shake things up so that people can still be engaged and not just kind of sit back and relax and be like, oh yeah, I knew it the whole time this was going to happen. Like, that's not what you want. You want people engaged and interested and surprised without being disappointed and without just throwing things at them out of left field. It's definitely a really hard thing to do, but um, that's the line we have to try to figure out how to walk. And that's also where um, beta readers and editors can come in and and tell you and give you that perspective, that outside perspective to tell you like, okay, this isn't working or this is too far or whatever. So super valuable. And that's why I will never publish a book without getting feedback on it. Thank you all for sticking with me for my six improbable thoughts for the day. Uh, always really appreciate seeing um, everybody that's been listening. And of course, I always love hearing from, from listeners. So please let me know, do you like Star Trek? What do you like about it? Um, what are some of your reading habits? And uh, what if there was books you've read where the ending just let you down or where the ending was absolutely fantastic? I love discussing all these things. So please let me know your thoughts. And I just want to thank everybody for listening. Once again, please have a great day and stay improbable. Bye.